What's up, party people? Welcome to this week's episode of Romancing Nancy Drew. I'm your host, Andy Nickerson, which stands for Nancy Drew Nickerson. You can find me at that handle on Twitter. You can find me at Romancing Nancy on Twitter as well. You can find me at that handle on Patreon as well. So I'm putting that out there because next month, due to popular demand of all the people who voted in the poll on Twitter, which is a very small number, but you voted... Um, I'm going to be absolutely lambasting the TV show, so I'm deeply excited about that. Mm. I think I'm going to get into some shit. I think it's going to happen. I think I'm going to not be able to resist the urge to get all English majory up in that shit. So, something to look forward to for all of us, but it has to be me because i got a lot of shit happening. This week's episode of Romancing Nancy Drew, however, is about Nancy Drew Files number 19, which is called Sisters in Crime, which again... I. I really should have used that for the title of this podcast, but bygones, bygones. Um, seriously, though, I mean, it would be fantastic for a fucking true crime podcast to use that name, just in case y'all feeling it. So in this one, we are now in 1988. The cover of this one, Sisters in Crime, is a lot of red, which kind of makes sense because while it was published in January, the book is set in February, even though the previous book was set like July. <laughs> We don't fucking care. Time has lost all meaning. Nancy is in a groundhog year of her 18th birthday, so she never has her birthday, nor will she ever have a birthday again. Like, it's it's pretty fucking weird. Um, anyway, she is heading to San Diego, actually, in February, which... In, I'm going to make a weird thing happen with it. But anyway, she is wearing a red shirt on the cover. And again, remember last time she's wearing a pink shirt on the cover. This time she's wearing a red shirt on the cover, but it is also similarly oversized. She's wearing a denim skirt. She also has gone full back to strawberry blonde. Like, her hair is more reddish than blonde at this point. Which, again, it's the height of winter. Surely that has something to do with it. Maybe the sun bleached her hair for the previous one. It's fine. Um, She's got her legs crossed. She's looking off, like, kind of down with her mouth open just a little bit. As if she's seen something just vaguely shocking. Like, maybe she's glanced at somebody's Twitter account and been like, wow, so that's a lot of porn. Um... The background of it is San Diego University, which is where this is set, which I'm like, mm, pretty sure that's probably not a thing. But even if it were, it would be fictionalized for this. So it doesn't really matter. In the middle ground, there's standing behind Nancy, of course, like some significant distance is a blonde guy wearing a letterman's jacket. But it's kind of an oddly colored letterman's jacket. I'm just going to say that. Um, and then in the tiny picture in the background, which appears to be her standing near the college in some way, university. Um, she's wearing the same outfit she is on the big part of the cover. So she's wearing the red t-shirt and the denim skirt. But she's fighting off an attacker wearing a ski mask, which is not how that happened. She was wearing a swimsuit at the time. It's fine. It doesn't matter. Um, anyway, I do like the cover of this one, though. Like, I think the cover artist did a good job with this. Um, again, it's February. Nancy is leaving snowy, blustery River Heights for San Diego. When she gets off the plane, she is wearing a sweater over a sweater. The sweater under is cowl-necked. I'm like, you're making a lot of weird choices, Nancy. But also, this feels very Stitch Fix-esque, which is like, are you cold? We are going to pimp your ride up in here and put a sweater under your sweater. Because that's how people roll these days. Just layering sweaters on top of sweaters. So she gets off the plane and sees her friend Susan. Susan attended River Heights with River Heights High School with Nancy, but uh, it apparently is apparently she was in her grade. Like apparently they took classes together. Susan has short dark hair and very bright blue eyes. 
um, is also like four inches shorter than Nancy. They felt the need to point out for no reason. Nancy in the series is apparently like five foot seven. And Ned is, of course, like six three because I don't know. It just feels like a good number. But anyway, so Ned's like a full head taller than Nancy, which I love for all sorts of reasons, including slow dancing. So Nancy is there to investigate the mysterious death of Susan's roommate, Rena, who died like a few days ago in a scuba diving accident. The fun thing about this book is Nancy has brought a book on scuba diving with her, like because this was pre-Wikipedia. She wasn't like, I have printed off all of the applicable material off Wikipedia, but have not actually read it, because later on in the book, it's revealed that she doesn't know as much about scuba diving as she probably should. Later in the series, of course, she goes scuba diving like a motherfucker and is all over that shit, has gotten fully certified, can kick your ass at it. So um, and this is pre-that. She's never gone scuba diving before, apparently. It's cool. She can't do everything. She's only 18, for God's sake. Nuclear physics is still a thing that's going to happen in the future. So, um, Susan drives Nancy home from the airport. They have decided that Nancy is going to pretend that she is Susan's cousin, and she is interested in attending San Diego State. Uh, San Diego State? I mean, that rolls off the tongue so much better. Anyway, San Diego University. God, like, they never refer to it in any way that's easy to do that place. Anyway, San Diego. Nancy is supposedly thinking about attending, so she's going to stay with Susan for a while and see the campus and look around and all sorts of fun stuff. And if she happens to ask questions about the deceased roommates, so be it. Um, yeah. Nancy's like, why do you think that it was murder? And Susan's like, mm, she just, it just doesn't feel right. So the circumstances of, are the death of, of the death are, Rena was found in a wetsuit with an empty oxygen tank on her back and the weights that one would use when scuba diving to make sure that one goes to the bottom. And she had washed up on shore near a place where she usually liked to dive. Um, I think the day after she went missing. Her car was found on the highway near where her body was later located. So there was nothing particularly fishy about that. But Nancy's like, so she ran out of air? And Susan's like, that is not like her. She was very conscientious about everything. She was very excited about life. Like, it doesn't seem to be an obvious suicide attempt. Um, it's just, it, it just doesn't make any sense to her. So she wants Nancy to get to the bottom of it. And she's afraid that it has, and one of the reasons is that Rena apparently told Susan close before she died that she had discovered something that was dangerous. And she was going to be revealing that information, but of course she did not get around to doing so because else we would not have a book. So, so Nancy comes in, she's like, yeah, I'm Susan's cousin, even though clearly they don't look a thing like each other other than being white, but I mean, it's fine. And they're at the sorority because that's, that's where she's staying. Um, the fun thing is that Susan and Rena were roommates before yeah, they were roommates before, and they both decided to, they don't even say rush the sorority in this one. It's like the person was like, sororities are a thing. But they don't, they decide to go out for it, or they decide to express interest in it. And Susan is accepted, but Rena is not. And then it comes out that Rena's mom was in the sorority, so she has to automatically get a an invitation to try out, like it's cheerleading. And they didn't do that, so then they're like, oh, well, um, sorry, technically, we should have given you one. So... It, Nancy's like, that's pretty shitty, like, that they didn't even take her first off, that she had, the, like, it's like she's a charity case, and Susan's like, 
I mean, yeah, but she loved, like, she loved being here. She got into the in crowd really quick. So the in crowd is, the president of the sorority is Lori, whose last name begins with a W, and I can't fucking remember it. Um, She's got a group of girls around here. I don't fucking care who they are. Um, there's also Fran, who always wears a hair ribbon, which always makes me think of the girl with a green ribbon around her neck. Um, but yeah, she's always rocking a hair ribbon, and as though she's thinking that she's still in high school cheerleading, I don't fucking care. Um, so yeah, that's Fran, who, again, you're like, oh, thank you, mid-80s names. Um, there's also Kathy, who is one of, she's one of the in ones, she's bubbly, and also an airhead. The sorority has a reputation for having, like, a high GPA. Like, they're supposed to be really smart. So, when Nancy's looking around in there, she's like, oh, they have a study. Like, they go into a lot of detail about the house that, honestly, we never get about the Omega Chai house. Kai. I don't fucking care how to pronounce it. Fuck. In my head, it's always Chai. You'll always be Chai. Like the tea. Um, yeah. So... Like, they have a basement study hall. They have a computer in it. One of the, like, Nancy gets a threatening note during this book, and she's like, who here has a computer? And Susan's like, only a few people, and they are seniors. And I love that it's, like, so very fucking exclusive. Like, Nancy walks into an undergrad, another, like, lower-level room, and they're like, we have a typewriter. And you're like, yeah, that tracks. It's 1988. Like, I know that you're in a sorority. You, you're parents are probably loaded, but also it's very plausible that you would not necessarily have a personal computer like that. It feels very nerdy for 1988. It's cool. So yeah, they've got one in the basement that they can use. And when Nancy goes down to compare, she's like, oh yeah, it was done here. Like that's, that's no help. Anybody in the sorority had access to it because she's pretty sure that it's somebody in the sorority who did this. That makes sense. Like there's nothing on the body to indicate that she like that she fought off an attacker or anything so it's if anything happened if there was any foul play apparently it was done by somebody who like snuck up, got her completely by surprise so it makes sense that it would be somebody there oh and susan's talking to nancy later and nancy's like so you know is there anything else you can tell me and susan's like no i mean she was really excited about being treasurer and nancy's like what she was treasurer and nancy she, you you needed to tell me this. And Susan's like, oh, well, um, I mean, she got really in with, like, the in crowd of, like, the, all the officers of the sorority, like, all the really high echelon people. And it was apparently, like, a really cool thing because, you know, she's a freshman and she just got in the sorority, so it's, like, not really a thing that's done as much. So it was kind of like a sign of her high status that this happened. Also, um... Rena really liked to do underwater photography, so that's pretty cool. So they've got, like, framed pictures of her underwater photography in the room that she and Susan shared, which, oddly enough, whenever Susan's mom and brother come to collect her belongings, which is incredibly fraught and sounds like it would be a very emotional thing, like, they leave them there, I guess, so that Susan can have them for continuity reasons. They're not a clue. It's just a, an interesting thing that her that she did that, you know, is a little bit weird. Um, yeah. So Nancy goes around talking to people. She's like, hey, you know, and she doesn't want to be like super morbid, like, hey, did you hear about the dead girl? But, you know, of course, it's going to come out in the conversation. Um, when Nancy is first introduced in the dining hall on the first date, which again, they like go into detail, like this number of tables, this number, and some of the meals are buffet style. And I was like, I love that you're giving me all of this content that I, I actually thought that everybody in the Omega house, like they order pizza constantly. There's always a pizza or two, and they're always just eating over the sink. <laughs> 
I don't know why I think that about their fraternity house. Like, clearly in the mystery stories, especially the early ones, Omega is super classy and probably has its own dining hall that I've never pictured before. But I also never really pictured the sorority sisters just basically, like, sharing their entire fucking lives together. Like, we don't even go to the dining hall. We don't even. Like, fuck you. We live here. It's the Golden Girls house, but evil. So, yeah. So, Nancy goes the first night, and Susan's like, hey, um, my cousin's here, and she's just interested in maybe attending. And some some bitch is like, I thought that we said that people could only stay here for, like, three days. Is she only staying for three days? Because we do not want people just hanging out here all the time. Like, we're so close to the ocean. And Susan's like, uh, I mean, she's my cousin, though. Like, she's not here to do parties or whatever the fuck. And the they're like, well, we're going to have to talk about it. And it's just so fucking catty. Like, a lot of this book is them just behaving in a catty way to the point that Nancy's like, yeah, I can kind of actually imagine that one of these people might have been that, that level of bitch. Because they, ex- they were very cold to Rena until she got the position with, like, being treasurer and everything. And even after that, things were a little weird. Like... It's like people were saying, oh, you just did this to get in with the in crowd. You just did this. And I'm like, you're in a fucking sorority. What the fuck did you expect? Like, the entire purpose here is basically like a popularity contest. But anyway, it's fine. So, um, so yeah, the first night she's talking to people. Fran comes over and she's like, I see what you're doing. And Nancy's like, what is it that you think I'm doing? And Fran's like, trying to get in good with Lori. And Nancy's like, oh, okay. Which, side note, like... I think that one could 100% read this as Fran having definite feelings about Lori. Like, I think it would be incredibly easy to read that into this book. Oh, my God. There's just a lot going on here. Fran is, like, incredibly intense. And Nancy's like, I don't know if it's just that she's, like, competitive intense or whatever the fuck. I don't know if she thinks it would look, like, really good on her resume if she got a, a like, an officer position in the sorority. Like, she's just really fucking off the chain about this shit. But, I mean, it's cool. Um, so, yeah, Nancy's like, uh, okay, what, whatever the fuck. And she's like... And also, Fran, of course, has her own clique. And, of course, Fran's clique starts rejecting Nancy and being like, you should know better. You, you do not need to be around her. And Nancy's like, I haven't even gotten fucking accepted to the university yet, you dipshits. So, that's fun. Anyway... Um, a few things happen. Nancy is also introduced to Lori, who, as I said, is the president of the fraternity. Sorority, sorority. Um, Lori is blonde and, like, classically beautiful. There's a lot of very definite, they've got standards about beauty that, that Susan meets, but that maybe Rena would not necessarily have met. So there's that. Um, I mean, Nancy's like, she's perfectly, like, there's nothing wrong with her. She looks great. And Susan's like, yeah, but I mean, anyway. Um, so yeah, Lori is blonde. She's tall. She's muscular. And she also has set her sights on being an Olympic swimmer. Like, that is her thing. That is her personality trait. She looks like a beauty queen and she wants to be an Olympic swimmer. So she's like, yeah, Nancy, you should come swimming with me sometime. And Nancy's like, sure like no big that's fine so apparently um Lori tried out for the olympic team two years before of course 
did they even do fucking swimming during the I don't even fucking know anyway like maybe she tried out to become a contender I don't I don't even fucking know anyway so she's really very competitive about this year's attempt so she's been training and and she's very strong and very muscular and you're like "Mm -hmm, yep yep it all that also does make it's it's very interesting it's kind of like Lori embodies both the, like, bodybuilding, like, very masculine-esque body type, but also very feminine in terms of attractiveness. Like, I can very much see how Fran would be like, I have feelings that I don't know how to deal with. So, Nancy's like, yeah, that sounds great, because, of course, she wants to get as much information as she possibly can. The next thing that she and Susan do is they go talk to Ira, who, as I was reading this, I realized that I've only seen the name Ira coded as Jewish, which is interesting. But in this book, he's not necessarily coded as Jewish. Um, He was interested in, I think, marine biology, and he is working in a lab um, where they do scuba diving. So they do tours and things like that. So he repairs equipment. He all he and Rena were not a couple. Like Nancy asks about that. She's like, did was Rena seeing anybody who maybe and Susan's like, nah, she broke up with her boyfriend like almost a year ago, like it wasn't a big deal, but she was really good friends with Ira. So they go to interview with Ira to see if he has any clues. And Ira, of course, is all broken up about it. He's like, I keep looking over it where her body washed up and I feel so bad about it. But Nancy also notices that um, Susan and Ira had not met until this point. And as soon as they see each other, like there's some definite attraction there. And Nancy's like, good for her. (laughs) Like almost immediately, she's like, you get that girl, you get it. Um, Also, like, very often in this book, whenever anybody is like, oh, don't you? And Nancy's like, I got a boyfriend. Like, I love it. Whoever ghost wrote this book, while I've got some questions about the sorority stuff, you are 100% on point with the Nancy Ned shit. Like, own it. I love it. I love it. So yeah, at any point, she's like, oh, I need to call Ned. Or it's almost Valentine's Day. I need to talk to Ned. And I'm like, yes, yes, you do. Like, there is one point where she calls just to bounce ideas off Ned, and he he doesn't have that much to add other than encouragement, and like, I know you're going to get it, and you know, that kind of thing, but you know I'm here for that shit. You know I am. At the end of the book, she's even like, I'm going home to Ned, and you're like, fuck yeah you are, because he's going to meet her plane, and you're like, y'all need to make up for her missing Valentine's Day. Spoiler alert. Anyway. So, they go talk to Ira. Ira tells them that he has suspicions about the death, because... He knows that Rena would not have gone scuba diving by herself. And Nancy and Susan are like, she wouldn't have? And he's like, fuck no, you don't go scuba diving by yourself. You have like basically a buddy or a, a spotter or somebody who is there with you just in case something happens. And they were like, oh shit. So he says she would not have done that by herself, which means that somebody knew that she was going diving. And they're like, could there have been like faulty equipment? Could she have actually legit run out of oxygen? And he's like, she always was very careful about her equipment. She had me check her equipment. She would double check that shit. Like, this is not like her at all. That She was not the scatterbrain. She, no, this does not make any sense. So they're like, okay, so based on her personality, like, there's a lot of circumstantial evidence to point toward she she would not have chosen to do this. If she did choose to do this, she would have had somebody nearby to make sure. And he said, if that's true, which he's saying she would have, that somebody knew that she drowned and didn't do anything about it, didn't report that she was in distress, anything like that. So he's, he's upset about that. And so at the end of it, I was like, oh, by the way, do you want to have dinner on Thursday? And Susan's like, yes. And you're like, go get it, girl. Get it. 
again, she's not poaching on the dead girl's boyfriend. They were not dating. It's fine. So, um, Nancy goes back to her, to the sorority house. Um, there's other like random shit that goes down, like Nancy's, you know, walking around campus. The thing that is interesting about this book and whenever Nancy's on a college campus, it's generally, you're like, is this going to involve cheating? Because it often does. Like, it's going to be cheating or it's going to be bribery. It's going to be something like that. Um, remember that when Nancy was investigating the case at Emerson most recently, that's the one where she and Ned broke up, sad face, um, that it was about gambling and betting. And so based on that, so it's like, is it going to be money related? Is it going to be like grades? You know, something like that. So that's another thing Nancy's like. She's like, if Rena knew something, like, is there something going on at the fraternity house that is related to that? And she overhears something that is basically like, well, we do have friendly TAs and departments who just hand us assignments so that we can just do that. Um, so she finds out about that and she's like, is it possible that Rena found out about that? Because, of course, if any student were caught cheating, like, they would be expelled, they'd be thrown out of the sorority, etc. But it seems like everybody at the house either studies their ass off or is too dumb to to get the GPA, and so they have to resort to cheating. Which, again, I have questions about the handling, but mm, anyway, so they say, like, basically, like, yeah, if whenever we can, we get a TA who's friendly in the department. I'm not going to cover this book in an orderly, linear way. So Nancy finds that Ira has a friend who's in the math department who has been there for seven years. And I'm like, like Ned, he is stuck in academic hell. But he has been working in the math department with like theoretical mathematics. And so he's talking to Nancy and she's like, could you, I'm I'm not asking you to, I'm just asking if it's possible. Could you get me the test for Monday? Because she knows that there are sorority members who are like really dying for that test. And he's like, he's like, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. But yeah, and she goes, could you get me an anti-test? So basically, like, give me the test, but make sure that it's absolutely fake. Like, there's no way that any of the questions on it would appear on the test. And he's like, hell yeah, I can. So that happens. Um, Nancy decides to give it to the person she knows is involved in the cheating ring. But she doesn't do it in a way that makes any sense to me. Because she's like, I need to see, like, what happens in this case. And what she finds out is that they just, one of the sorority sisters flirts with a TA in the department, talks them into handing over a copy of the test, says like, you can't talk about this because we would both get in trouble over it. And then basically they're burned from that point on, which doesn't, that's not a good long-term strategy. Like draw it out some, like y'all gonna need to bang. It's make it a weird pay for play scandal. But there's no, uh, there's apparently no money changing hands. It's just like emotional blackmail. So that's not really the big, that's not the problem here. And it's also like the person doesn't offer Nancy payment in return for handing over the quote unquote test. So that's not it. And, but she doesn't go about it in a way that makes sense to like, it's as though she's like, well, this is a lead and I've got to pursue it, but I really don't think that's got much to do with what was happening with Rena, which spoiler alert, it doesn't. So, I mean, from that perspective, it works out. So there's that. The last thing for this section that I want to talk about though, is Lori invites Nancy to go swimming with her. And she's like, Olympic swimming is very hard. And Nancy's like, you're not wrong. Um, actually, Lori reminds Nancy of George, but it says that like where George didn't really take much care over her appearance, Lori was clearly very into hers. And I'm like, there's all sorts of shit that's wrong with that, but okay. Um, but Lori is like, yeah, you have to, I've, I've gotten interest from a really highly respected trainer. Um, but it takes 
like when I tried out before, I wasn't muscular enough. Now I'm very muscular. And it also takes a lot of money to, to get that. And Nancy's like, sure, that makes sense. So they go to the beach, they get out of the car. Um, they're, Lori's like, oh, we can just leave our stuff over here. And I'm like, why the fuck would you not leave it in the car? They're like they're parking like right next to the fucking beach. Leave your shit in the car. Why would you leave your shit out where it could be like walked off with or ruined or some shit? But anyway, almost like as soon as they put their shit down, this guy in a ski mask walks up to them and like comes over to Lori and like grabs her arm, comes over, another one comes over to Nancy and grabs her arm. And Lori's like, oh no. And she manages to break away from her attacker, but Nancy cannot break away from hers. Like she, she puts some force into it but she can't get away from them because of course like while nancy is good at martial arts you have to have like the element of surprise when the person is significantly bigger than her and the person does and she notices that the person who grabs her has a large ring on his finger um he's got like some hair on his knuckles so she's pretty sure that it's a guy and it's they're wearing a ring that she is able to recognize that it's got two greek letters on it so she's like oh this is a fraternity ring with a ruby stone in it so she's like okay which she figures out, like, after the attack. But anyway, so the person attacks her, like, beats the absolute shit out of her. Like, after Lori's like, oh, no, it starts running away from the attackers, like, abandoning Nancy. Um, the other attacker just comes over and wallops her across the face, and so she passes the fuck out, which, I mean, what the fuck? What the absolute fuck? And Lori's like, ah, and not doing shit. Um, anyway, so Ira runs up because Ira, they're, they're actually at the beach where Rena's body was discovered. So I guess it's just the popular place to hang out. Ghost things. Um, so Ira runs up and is like, what the shit? And the two guys run away and Nancy's, and Ira's like, Nancy, are you okay? And Nancy's like, um, that fucking sucked. He's like, we need to take you to the hospital. And Nancy's like, no, I can walk it off. I can walk. And then Lori comes back over and she's like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I was running to get help and I'm I'm sorry. And Nancy's like, it's cool, which every fucking thing about that got all over me because I was like, okay, first off, she fucking abandoned your ass. Second, she's like, I was gonna run. And Ira's like, right the fuck there. Like, get Ira. Fuck you. Um, and she's, she's like, fight the other fucking attack. And I get it. Like, yeah, you're a woman in a situation where two guys are attacking. Like, I get that you, flight might be the best thing, but honestly, like, her behavior didn't make a ton of sense. And honestly, and after she comes back to Nancy and she's like, Nancy, are you okay? And Nancy's like, yeah, yeah, I just, I just need some juice. <laughs> and I was like, come back to my office. I will put a cold compress on that face and I will get you a warm blanket and get you some juice. And I'm like, I don't know if we're leaning into the Jewish stereotype, but I'm here for it. Um, but then Lori's like, oh, well, um, if you're okay, then I'm going to go swimming. And I'm like, girl, girl, she just got the shit beat out of her. Like she's, she, her jaw, she's like, I'm hoping it wasn't dislocated. Cause boy, that shit sucks. And you're like, and Lori's like, oh, well, I got to go swimming though. And you're like, bitch, bitch. Anyway. So that's part one. So a fun thing is that whenever Ira's like, oh my gosh, let me nurse you back to health with a cold compress and also a warm blanket and also some just gentle patting of your head. Um, he's like, this has to be related to Rena's inevitable murder. And Nancy's like, how do you think that? I'm just curious, like what, what between the two of these things seems to be connected for you? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> he's like, we need to go to the cops. And she's like, um... Yeah, I mean, sure, but she she has no interest in actually reporting it to the police, so it's fine. Um, 
Then after she's gotten okay, like, she goes out and Lori's like, oh, let me give you a ride back. And Nancy's like, cool. So she gets in the car with Lori, who, of course, has had an excellent swim, as one does. And Lori's like, you know, it's just the weirdest thing. Like, sometimes people just get pimp slapped on a beach. Like, IDK. It's just super weird. Sometimes people just get their asses handed to them on public beaches. I guess that there's just a lot of violence around this beach. And Nancy's like... Sure. Sure. That makes sense. She's like, maybe Lori just like doesn't want to think that she could have been the target of an attack. Anyway. So uh Nancy gets back to her room and she tells Susan what happened. Susan's like, Do you think it was random? And Nancy's like, fuck no. <laughs> There's no way this shit was random. <laughs> but anyway, um, they're talking and somebody slips a note under the door and Nancy opens the door to look out and she can't see anybody. But when they open the note, the note says, In case you were wondering that was not random. Go home, Nancy Drew. And she's like, son of a bitch. And that's the note that she goes and there's no way for her to trace it because it was clearly made on the computer that was downstairs. So, um, Nancy asks if Susan has remembered anything else that could be helpful for her mystery. And Susan says that, um, maybe they, she needs to pack up Rena's things to send them home with Rena's mom and brother who are going to be coming up the next day. So Nancy's like, well, if I can go through her stuff, maybe she left some sort of note about the thing that she was concerned about. So they go through everything. Nancy sees the word Peterson like doodled in the margins of a notebook. And she's like, was this like the name of her boyfriend? And Susan's like, no. Um, and Nancy says, it looks like somebody else's handwriting is... Huh. Huh. Okay. So that's the only unusual thing that they find. And Nancy also says, as they're packing up, she says, oh, well, there. I found a pair of glasses, but every picture that I see of Rena in here, she doesn't have glasses on. And Susan says, oh, no, no, no. She was... She hated her glasses. She couldn't wear contact lenses. She hated wearing her glasses, but like she absolutely had to wear her glasses. And Nancy's like, but how many pairs of glasses did she have? And Susan's like, two. She had one that she normally wore in her backup pair. And Nancy's like, uh, okay, so here's one pair and here's the other pair. Did um, How did they get here? And Susan's like, well, I mean, I, I don't know what you mean. And Nancy says... If they were both here, how the fuck did she drive to the beach? And Susan's like, oh, shit. <laughs> so she couldn't have driven to the beach. Like, she could not have. There had to have been somebody else there. Like, all the evidence is pointing to, there was somebody else had to have been involved in this. And Nancy's like, dude, this is just, like, all the evidence is pointing to that. The other thing that Susan tells her is that um, whenever Rena was made the treasurer of the group she was given a green lockbox but Lori actually came and collected the lockbox before rena's body was even discovered which again when i read this in the book i was like alarm bells alarm bells like if somebody's like oh i'm just gonna come get this for reasons and susan doesn't make it sound like she was saying oh oh no i guess she's dead like it just sounded like i don't know what it sounded like honestly because to me when i read it i went uh, she killed her okay I mean, sure, we're just going to own it then. Okay. Um, so Nancy's like, well, what was in it? And Susan's like, I don't know. Um, treasure or things? 
So Nancy decides that she definitely needs to go look inside that box. Um, the other thing that happens is the next morning, um, Rena's mom and brother come up to a collector things and they are far more composed than I would have been. Um, I'm just saying like Rena was clearly like young and this was unexpected and she was so full of life and there was no hint that she was going to be like this. And so, um, Rena's mom was even like, she was so excited to be part of the fraternity. She was so excited to be in the group with her, her sorority sisters, like, I came here, I was in the sorority, it was just incredible, and Nancy's like, yeah, like, was there anything, anything that, like, that she seemed upset about, because she was like, maybe she told her mom about this thing that, and her mom's like, no, she was so excited and so happy, and um, she even told me that, um, you know, she was getting all the donations from the alumni. So like whenever my check came back after I had sent it in, when it came back, it was her name was in the endorsement on the check. And I thought that was really cool. Like it really touched me to to see her name on the check. And Nancy's like, who else endorsed the check? And she's like, oh, Lori, the president of the sorority. And Nancy's like, okay, okay. So she's starting to get a little bit of an idea, but she's not quite sure. So Nancy and Susan and a bunch of the sorority sisters go to see Lori dive. So that's fun. Um, Lori's significant other is there. There's a lot of significant others there. Um, yeah. Um, but the fun thing about that is that while they're, while Nancy knows that everybody's going to be at the, um, the dive, the swim meet supporting Lori, she knows that everybody's going to be gone. So she sneaks into Lori's room, searches the entire thing and sees just a bunch of like sporting equipment, weights and stuff, because she knows that Lori's been working out under the bed. She finds a lockbox inside the lockbox is just what looks like a standard, like donor. Thank you for your donation to the sorority letter. And she's like, well, I don't know why this would have been all that important. Like, why the fuck is this in a lockbox? But she decides to copy it down just in case. So she, then she returns it under the bed, put it away, put it sit away, and everything. Um, the other thing that happens is kind of weird around that point is Nancy's up on the roof thinking about things because she, after she figured out what Greek letters were on the ring of the guy who tried to beat the absolute shit out of her, she decided to go to the Sigma. I think it was the Sigma. I don't even fucking remember a Sigma something. Um, she goes to that fraternity house because she's like, it was a guy wearing the ring. It's a fraternity house. I'll, I'll just go there and see if maybe it's one of them. So she goes into the house and she's like, oh, well, I just wanted to get a ring for my boyfriend because, of course, as soon as she walks in, all the boys in the entire fraternity house are flirting with her. They're like, stay for lunch. And she's, <laughs> I love that she's catty and she's like, this house is not as cute as the sorority house that I'm staying in, but they offer her lunch, macaroni and cheese. So, you know, it's good. Um, so she sits down with them and they're like, oh, well, you know, you should stay. We're going to have a dance and blah, blah. And Nancy's like, uh, no, I'm just here to get a ring for my boyfriend because I thought that would be really a cute thing to do. Um, do you have a catalog? And they're like, of course we have a catalog. And I was like, of course y'all do a Justin's catalog. Um, so she flips through it and she doesn't see a ring like the one that she saw on the guy's finger. So she asks about it and she's like, it was, it looked like this. And the guy says, oh no, 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 that's, that's like an old fashioned ring. That's like, they haven't sold that kind of ring in like 10 years. And Nancy's like, then how, 
that's strange because I just saw somebody wearing it recently and the guy says then he must have like it must have been an antique ring he inherited it from a family member or something but nope and she says does anybody in this house have a ring like that and he's like no and she's like okay dead end so at least she knows the other weird thing that happens is she's going walking with Kathy and I cannot fucking remember why she's going walking with Kathy I think that um she wants to get some information out of her oh no she doesn't do that yet there's some stupid fucking reason like she just wants to get some information probably about the cheating ring because she knows that Kathy's involved in the cheating ring and they're walking and all of a sudden Nancy feels something sharp in her back and somebody's fucking thrown a dart or somehow projectiled a dart into her fucking shoulder blade and so she turns around and Kathy's like son of a bitch there's a dart sticking out of you and Nancy's like pull it out and I'm like, syringe, but it's not a syringe. Like, it's just a, a standard dart. Like, one that one would throw at a dartboard. So, Kathy pulls it out. It's like, what the shit? We should take you to it. And Nancy's like, no, it's fine. I'll just slap a Band-Aid on it. And you're like, girl, you need to stop walking this shit off. Like, tetanus. Oh, she does actually go get a shot because, yeah, tetanus. Um, she asks about it. She finds out that there is actually a dart enthusiasts group on campus. But when she goes to check them out, like, um, nobody there seems to be involved in the sorority that, that she can tell. There's nobody there she recognizes, nobody there rec- seems to recognize her, so yeah, it seems to be a dead end. Um, let me think. The other thing that happens is Nancy goes out to dinner with Susan, who is going on her date with Ira, who is who invites a fourth guy along so that Nancy will not feel like a third wheel. I guess a fifth wheel, really. Um, and Nancy's like, no, we'll understand. It's not a date. It's just, it's going to be fine. So she is not flirty with him. He's not flirty with her. They just, they seem to be very friendly with each other, but there's no hint of romance. And I was like, thank you. Thank you so much. So he's the guy who's in the math department who arranges to get Nancy a copy of the not actually a test. And he's like, I love every part of this because he absolutely fucking hates the idea that there's a cheating ring on campus, period. Nancy goes to... um ask questions to other girls in the sorority to find out things about them. Um, it does turn out that, remember when they were extremely catty about her staying more than three days because Nancy already has a flight scheduled for getting out of there. And I'm like, I like that. She's like, I'm going to figure this shit out within six days or your money back. <laughs> but anyway, she's already got her flight out. So it would be kind of awkward if she had to move out of the house, but they're like, oh, they took a vote and it's okay. You can stay in the house. So Nancy goes up on the roof and she's thinking about things and just trying to puzzle through everything because she's like, I keep, I, I just, I feel like I'm not making any headway. When Fran, who wears a ribbon at all times and is a psychotic bitch at all times, um, comes up to Nancy and is like, I see that you've been hanging out with Lori and, and all this stuff. And, and I know that you're trying to get in with her. And Nancy's like, again, not trying to. Like, I don't know what's going on with you. You need to just shut it. Anyway, Fran gets so upset that she legit almost pushes Nancy off the fucking roof to the point that, like, the railing breaks and it falls down. And Fran sees what she's almost done and just stomps off. And Nancy's like, cool, way to almost kill me and then just try to play it off. Like, 100% here for it. There's one point in the book where, like, Nancy's getting ready, and she's having, she's like, well, now I get to put makeup on all parts of my body, and Susan's like, I feel actually really fucking bad about this, like, you look like you've been beat to hell and back, and Nancy's like, I feel like it too. (laughs) It's just really bad, it's just really fucking bad. 
Um, Nancy talks to two other girls in the house who seem to be studying really hard. Here is the absolutely bonkers thing about this damn book. Like, they actually, in their study hall, have their GPAs fucking posted. Like, every single member of the sorority is listed with their GPA next to their name. And I'm like, who does this? Who fucking does this? Son of a bitch. So Nancy goes to look at it, and she notices that, like, the core group have, like... 3.9, 4.0, like, they're really high up there. So she notices that there's one girl who has, like, a 3.25, and I think that Kathy has, like, even lower than that. So she goes to talk to her her and her roommate, who, they have a typewriter. (laughs) They ain't fancy enough to have a computer. Um, She goes to talk to them, and she's like, have you heard anything about a cheating ring? And they're like, no, no. One girl actually seems really sincere about it. Like she would never, that's not a thing that she would be into. But the other girl who I think is Debbie, it, just imagine the most 80s names you can think of. And they're in this book. Um, she, the other girl seems to be a little bit anxious about it. And so Nancy finds out that her sister is a TA in like the marine biology department. And she was asked by one of, I can't remember which one, but one of the sisters was like, go talk to your sister and get a copy of that test. And Debbie was like, I'm not going to fucking do that. Like that is no, no, I'm not going to get my sister in trouble because you can't be bothered to study. So she has a lot of feelings about this, but she also is like, she's definitely not participating, but she's also like, she knows somebody who's been hurt by that kind of behavior. So Anyway, it's just all 17,000 kinds of fucked up. Um, they have to, the sorority has to hold a an election so that they can get a new treasurer, of course, as the previous one died for reasons. And Nancy has noticed that a lot of them just do not seem to be broken up about Rena's death at all. Some of them are like, oh, yeah, I really miss her. Like that, she was a really sweet girl and I can't believe she's gone. But some of them are like, I don't give a fuck. And Nancy's like, y'all are just not great people. Just saying it. Y'all are not great. Which is why whenever she steals the test and hands it over to Kathy and is like, guess who's got the test from Monday? She feels a little bit of a qualm about it, but she also doesn't because she's like, y'all kind of fucking deserve this. And yeah. And plus like Nancy's like, it's a good thing that my flight's on Sunday. (laughs) I won't be here for that aftermath. And I'm going to tell you this. She leaves. She leaves on Sunday. She doesn't bother telling anybody a fucking thing about it. So it's nice from that perspective. It's like, oh, no, where Nancy could be like, oh, he must have given me a test for a different class or some bullshit. But anyway, so, um, yeah, Nancy is, they have to hold the election for the new treasurer. So Nancy's noticing that there's a very, very quiet girl named Alice who is studying 100% of the time, has a 4.0, like, the palest girl that Nancy had ever seen, just like always hitting the books. And so Nancy goes to talk to her and the girl is very non-communicative, but she says, she's looking through an anatomy and physiology book and she says it to Nancy and she's like, did you know that if you apply pressure to these points on a person's neck that it will make them pass out? And Nancy's like, yeah, actually, how, how did you learn about that? And she's like, anatomy and physiology is very interesting. And Nancy's like, Mm-hmm. Like just a very gentle nod, like I, I see I see what you're putting down. See that yeah, okay. So Nancy's curious about this. I do love that like we're getting some callbacks to the Vulcan neck pinch, but anyway, Nancy's like, I know about this. I'm wondering why she's telling me about this because at first she's like, Maybe she's trying to tell me that she killed Rena. 
Maybe it's like a veiled threat. Maybe she's telling me that that may be a part of how she died. Hmm. Hmm. Good to know, though. Good to know. Later on, she goes back to talk to Alice again after Alice has been actually voted in. And apparently it was... I, I think that Nancy finds out about it later because, of course, she's not a member of the sorority, so I don't think she was present for the voting. But it sounded like Fran desperately wanted that job because, again, reasons. And Lori said something about, like, oh, Alice is going to make a fantastic treasure, and that was it. Like, it, that was the end vote. So... Fran, of course, is livid and wants to set everybody on fire because she's got some pent-up rage, y'all. Um, but Nancy thinks that's really interesting. And so she goes back later to see Alice, who, you know, is studying, as always. And she's like, congratulations on your new appointment. And Alice is like, did you know some interesting things about communication? Like... Once a message has been communicated, sometimes that's all that needs to happen between two people. And Nancy's like, what would you suggest happen once the message has been conveyed? And Alice is like, that the two of them never speak again. And so Nancy just gets up and leaves the room. And I'm like, I like it. I like it. They have ears everywhere. Anyway, so... What happens is they have a Valentine's Day party. The sorority is, of course, planning a Valentine's Day party. I like that Nancy's at a meeting where they're discussing it, and they're like, one of the girls is like, maybe we should all wear red and white. And one of the in-group looks at somebody else and just shakes her head a little bit, and Lori's like, no, we will wear whatever. It's fine. So anyway, um, one of the sisters, who is named Harriet, makes heart-shaped pizzas with heart-shaped pepperonis, and I have to love that level of just leaning in on this shit. Like, we're gonna make it as romantic as fuck. They give away roses so that they can, the roses can be given to the significant other of whoever has them. Um, it's just, there's punch, there's music. Nancy, of course, is missing dead desperately. Susan invites Ira to the party. Um, but the thing is that Lori's like, oh my gosh, Nancy, you have to meet my friend Peter. And Nancy's like, I, I have a boyfriend. And Lori's like, you're going to hit it off. You're going to click and it's going to be fantastic. Just trust me. And Nancy's like, whatever. So Peter's like, hey, I'm Peter. And Nancy's like, hi. And then she notices that Peter is wearing the ring. Not that ring. The other ring. The the one with the redstone in it. So Nancy looks at it and she's like, oh shit. Okay. So she manages to make, she's like, Hey, why don't, and he's like, where have you been all my life? And Nancy's like, well, let's, let's meet in Susan's room. I know she won't be there. And Peter's like, fuck yeah. So Nancy goes and finds Susan and Ira and she's like, look, I need you to wait outside the room for like five minutes because I need to see if I can get this guy to confess to what I know he did. And then just come bursting in there because I'm going to need some backup. So she goes to the room. She's hopeful that they will show up. Um, she's like, hey, hot stuff. He's like, hey, girl, hey. And she's like, so you get off on beating up girls. <laughs> and he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? I don't, I don't beat up girls. Nancy's like, yeah, you mean when you and a buddy of yours attacked me on the beach the other day, like Lori was there, and you were wearing that same fucking ring, and you have the exact same build of the person, and he's like, I don't know what you're talking about, and Nancy's like, yeah, kind of think you do, kind of, kind of think that you do, so what she finds out is Lori is dating, and I don't think she's dating Peter, I think she's dating like Mike or Mark, or I don't give a fuck, anyway, so 
he says, he like breaks down and says, like, it wasn't supposed to be like that. And Nancy's like, okay, so what was supposed to happen, dipshit? And he says that they were just supposed to, quote, scare the two of them. Um, the one who initially came over and grabbed Nancy, like, that's all he did. But the other one, the one who grabbed Laurie, came over and just started wailing on Nancy. So, and he had not realized that that was what was about to happen. But the guy who was wailing on Nancy is Laurie's boyfriend. So that means that Lori's boyfriend is the one who came over and grabbed her on the beach and was pretending that he was trying to attack her. And Nancy's like, oh, okay. So what Peter tells Nancy is that Lori's boyfriend is completely under her control. And so if Lori says jump, he says how high. If Lori says, I want you to pretend to grab me on a beach, he says, okay, what shall I wear? Like... That's what we're talking about here. So Nancy's like, and you didn't think this was weird? And he was like, I thought it was just some kind of weird sexy game they were playing. Like, she just liked the idea of him pretending to abduct her. IDK. Nancy's like, okay, you're a dipshit. Okay, so that's that's fun. So they ask if he was involved in Rena's death. And he's like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I wouldn't, like, that. that's not a thing that I would have been involved in. So he manages to get away from them. Nancy's like, okay, so if Lori staged the attack on me, then it's very possible that Lori is the person that, that I'm after. So Fran, of course, who's been trying to kiss Lori's ass as much as she possibly can, probably both literally and figuratively, comes to Nancy and is like, Lori wants to see you. And Nancy's like, good, I want to see her too, bitch. So- so she again tells Susan and Ira where, like, she tries to find them actually so that she can um, tell them where she's going and she doesn't find them. Like, they, I think they went to go get help or go get a cop or maybe track down Lori's boyfriend because he was like the person they were really after. And, and so, anyway, they got separated. Nancy actually picks up the phone to call Ned at one point during this party and she's like, It's Valentine's Day. I need to talk to my man. But anyway. And I was like, yes, call him. Tell him what's happening with you so that he can call the police. Anyway, Nancy goes to Lori's room and Lori's like, hey, so you've been asking a lot of real interesting questions. And Nancy's like, I know that you were behind the attack and I know that you killed Rena. The thing that Nancy discovered is that, remember how she copied down the thing that she found in the lockbox? Well, after the day that Alice was made treasurer, like really early the next morning, Nancy went to the accounting, like the place that handles the accounting for the sorority, which is apparently in the same town, but not on campus. So she went in there and she said, hey, I've just been made the accountant, the, I'm sorry, not the accountant. I've just made, made been made the treasurer. And I was just wondering if I could get like copies of the donation records or whatever the fuck or the bank, the bank statements or anyway. So she's checking through it and she's not finding anything. She's like, everything looks great. But then she finds a record of the alumni donation that was given by Rena's mom. Rena's mom told Nancy, she was like, I doubled my usual contribution. I, I let, I gave them $600. And Nancy's like, well, son of a bitch. When she looks at what's recorded for the accountant, it's 150. And Nancy's like, Ah, so she copies that, she makes copies of that, goes back to her room and compares the records. And as far as she can tell, like 10 grand is gone, 10, 15 grand. Oh, then that's all that she can tell is gone. So she goes to Lori and she's like, hey, um, so I'm pretty sure I figured out that 
Marina figured out what you were doing. And Lori's like, it is very expensive to get an Olympic coach, Nancy. Very expensive. And Nancy's like, mm-hmm. And was she okay with it at first, or did she discover what was happening? And Lori's like, well, you know, she seemed to be on board with everything, but then she started to have second thoughts, and so I had to kill her, and now you know, so I'm going to have to kill you as well. So, of course, Lori, fantastically muscular, manages to wrestle Nancy to the ground and apply the Vulcan neck pinch. As you do. So Nancy comes to on the dock. Nancy comes to on a dock a lot. Um, So she wakes up, she hears the water slapping against the dock, wakes up and realizes that in the interim, Lori has wrestled her into a wetsuit. I have so many questions. This seems like a very tricky process that I would not be a fan of. Anyway, so she's laying there, wetsuit. She's got something strapped to her back. She's like, oh, I'm sure it's an empty oxygen canister. Um, I can't remember. Like, she's just tidying up the last things. Like, she's putting the weight belt on Nancy and everything. And Nancy wakes up and is like, Lori, they're, they're gonna, what the fuck? Like, I, Lori's like, well, you have to die. Like, you know too much. And Nancy's like, this is terrible. She manages, like, she's been knocked out, so she's a little bit woozy, but she does actually manage to grab Lori's foot, get her foot out from under her, and kick her other foot out from under her so that she falls to the deck. And um, Lori is very muscular, as we have established many, many, many times. Um, but Susan runs up with some cops because Susan is cool that way. And she's like, oh, my God, we found her, thank God. Because... Bitch was about to drop her off the same dock that she dropped Rena off of. Like, she's got exactly one strategy when it comes to getting rid of people. And it's, I'm going to shove your body into a wetsuit. Which, side note, where did she get a wet... Does she just have a a closet full of wetsuits to wrestle corpses into? Like, questions. Anyway, so, yeah. She had just wrestled Nancy into a wetsuit and was going to just toss her unceremoniously off the dock and say, like, oh, no, she must have gone diving. Like, which is the just goofiest plan fucking ever. Because, again, Nancy doesn't fucking scuba dive. And what the fuck? What the living fuck? Anyway. Anyway. So. um, Susan comes up and Nancy's like, oh, Oh, Ira, you know, you and Ira and Susan's like, I have not been able to find Ira. So they actually, um, they have to ask Lori and I think Lori doesn't want to tell him anything. They do manage to track Peter and Mike, I think is the boyfriend's name. They managed to track them down because Nancy knows that Lori's boyfriend is also a competitive diver. So it makes sense that he would probably take Ira somewhere that he knows. So they go to the campus gym, which has the pool inside, of course. Um, and they find his car outside. And he's like, they won't find him before tomorrow. And, and we just, we scared him enough. And we'll just let him out tomorrow. So they leave. And you're like, yes, this is all reasonable and logical. That's fine. Um, the night watchman comes up at that point and is like, who's who's trying to get in? And Nancy's like, we're pretty sure there's somebody in there. So they go in there. They find Ira, who has been beaten up and shoved into a locker. And you're like, wow, just just a series of terrible decisions. So anyway, so that's what happened. Um, they, they got Ira out of there. They got the two dipshits arrested. Lori, of course, is in custody. Um, everybody's in uproar. It's, it's just incredible. Nancy goes to talk to Alice, and Alice is like, 
yeah, I was pretty sure. Sh- uh, this is after everybody's been arrested, so they know that everything's cool. Alice was like, yeah, um, I was pretty sure that Rena had discovered something that probably she shouldn't have. And so I went to ask for the autopsy results, which, side note, that's some super quick turnaround on that autopsy girl. Anyway, so she went, requested the autopsy notes, saw that there were two unex- inexplicable bruises on Rena's neck at the points that were the pressure points and was like, yeah, none of this is adding up. So it, it sounds like that's what happened. Nancy did not actually ask for the autopsy results because I guess she thought it would blow her cover, but her cover was blown almost immediately. So, so Al- Alice was trying to tell her that and Nancy was like, so you were trying to get the position so that you could find out what had happened as well. And Alice was like, yeah, I, I was pretty sure it was re- related to her having that position. And I kept telling Lori how trustworthy I was and how I wasn't going to tell anybody anything. And so she decided that I was going to be the best candidate for the job. And then when I realized that you were a detective because you were really nice to me and asking a lot of questions, I decided that either you were genuine or you were playing a role. And I decided that it was probably both. <laughs> And Nancy's like, well, thank you. Yes, I I like you. You're a cool person. And also I'm a detective. So, so yeah, Alice was just trying to do her due diligence and I would have enjoyed some more of Alice. Alice seemed like a very pleasant person. Anyway, so yeah. So Alice had figured out enough actually, but not quite. She did not get wrestled into a wetsuit when she was a corpse. Um, so that's fun. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. So now everybody's in custody. Ira's okay. Ira and Susan are embarking on a long romantic relationship full of, I don't know, maybe a lot of scuba diving, maybe a lot of Spanish food. Um, they do go to a Mexican restaurant and they're like, this place is really cool, but if you order in Spanish, it's going to be super hot as hell. And of course, the guy who is invited as Nancy's not quite date is like, guess what bitch is going to order in Spanish? Anyway, so the book ends with Nancy getting on a plane to go back home and she has called Ned and Ned is going to be picking up at the airport. And I'm like, and he's going to be there to make up for some fucking lost time, figuratively and literally. Yes. So a Valentine's day with no Ned, but long distance Ned. So also I get to imagine what happened after she got off that plane in Chicago. So it's a win-win really. I think so. Uh, that was book 19. So that means that next time we're going to be doing book 20 of the files. So that's going to be the season finale for this one. And book 20 is just bonkers as absolute shit. We're going to be back in River Heights. We're going to be, Bess is going to be a main character in this one because she answers a personal ad, but the person who answers the personal ad is kind of psychotic. Oh my God. I love it. This one, like, seriously some of these ghostwriters went hard as fuck and the one who did book 20 they went hard as fuck i'm here for this shit i'm i'm going to enjoy this ride with you so and until next time stay sleuthy my friends <laughs>